Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening. This is Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, um, you were recently in Europe on a holiday vacation. Um, I saw a lot of great photographs on your Facebook page. I am going to Europe myself in a little bit here over the course of the summer for a family vacation. When departing, you go through TSA, and when you're returning, you go through their version of TSA, the airport security um, throughout Europe. And I, I'm going to specify Western Europe because I know more about it than Eastern Europe. Right. Um, is is just a significantly higher quality experience. I think that they're more efficient. I think that they're more effective. Um, in researching the topic, I've discovered that they're much more highly trained and significantly better paid. Um, I find that they are more polite, um, more professional, and to my understanding of it, looking at the way in which TSA routinely fails to find, you know, all kinds of stuff in, in baggage, um, I think there was a stat, 90% of tests, 95% right. of tests conducted with firearms and other weapons failed to be seen by yes. these people. Now, I, I don't want to disparage individuals, but the organization obviously is failing. Now, what do you think, that, with your recent experience in Europe, what do you think the American airport security folks can learn from their European counterparts? I really think that the attitude and the professionalism of the screeners in Europe really contrasted with the, the TSA that we have in, in the United States. And I've been through a lot of airports in the last five years. And, um, you know, there's varying degrees of how effective they are. Uh, the professionalism and the courtesy level have been across the board, but more than likely, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say that here in America, the, the, the TSA encounters um, almost seem to be a part of the Stanford prison experiment <laughs> where people really got the authoritative um, posture uh, drilled into them uh, as being TSA agents and barking at people and turning um, your, your, your personal items over on the, on the belt or in the box and, and just really not not being as, as, as professional as they should. Um, I've had um, very small, uh, uh, these multifunctional knives taken away and destroyed at my own you know, peril because I left them in a bag. But I, I've come to surprise on the other end of my journey, finding a Gerber knife, a three or four inch Gerber knife still in my bag that went through TSA screening that clearly I forgot that I had. So across the board, the 95% failure rate by tests conducted by the FAA certainly stand out as frightening. In, in Europe, in the UK and in France, I had really positive um, interactions with security there, even though uh, coming back from London, uh, I was delayed probably 10 minutes, but I didn't even realize it because uh, they were very professional and courteous. Uh, they swabbed my shoes, my hands, and my uh, bags and put them through the machine that tests for nitrates or gunpowder mm -hmm. residue. And if anything, it made me feel way more comfortable. And I had um, good sort of collegial interactions with the TSA t people there. Um, in preparation for this trip, I paid for the pre-TSA, um, pre-check $85 fee, went, gave my fingerprints, 
my passport, uh, other information. I had a background check done on me, and I and I got the clearance. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are paying for it and getting the the extra clearance. But that that was an anticipation of the drastically underfunded and understaffed TSA. Now, of course, now Congress is going to fund. Um, I think it's $34 million to the program and give them another $28 million to make part-time screeners full-time. I hope training goes up with it. I hope the pay level goes up and I hope there's um, consumer satisfaction surveys to, to show whether or not these people are doing a good job. And then I hope the FAA continues to do the tests. Um, it's funny, but I remember 1979, 21-year-old rookie working at the San Francisco International Airport. And uh, a I was working on one of the piers and a screener came over to me and said, officer, I think you need to see something. And I went over to the screen and I saw a suitcase and what appeared to be a hand grenade in the suitcase. And my eyes went round, the, TS the, the security officer pointed at this individual. And as I started to draw my firearm, he grabbed the chain around his neck and pulled up his FAA credentials. Of course, it was a test, unbeknownst to me, mm -hmm. that we passed. But uh, I can imagine in this day and age getting through with explosives or firearms or knives even. Don't forget that 9-11 happened uh, by use of box cutters and, and not much more. So um, the threat is still out there. I hope uh, TSA gets better, and I, I hope they're, that we have a good travel summer. You know, I, and yeah, I do too. Um, obviously, I'm going to be traveling, so mm -hmm. I hope it's a good travel summer. Um, you know, I think that you made the point about training, and, and I so often harp on training, but according to a CNN report, um, screeners in France are required to uh, complete at least 60 hours of training before they may even begin work. According to CNN, Screeners in this country are required for only 12 hours of training. Um, one of the things that I noted when I was in Europe last, this is a few years ago, about four years ago, um, I find that they're very good at emulating at least a little bit the Israeli model of behavior observation. We are so focused on things, on objects, when really what you have to be focused on so many of the times, in so many cases, not just at TSA, but everywhere. You know, if, if you read the book Left of Bang, it is all about watching behaviors. It's sure. baselines and anomalies. When someone's there that doesn't belong there or someone's not there that does belong there. Um, and the, the, the facial tics that someone under a bit of stress like is about to commit an attack, the, um, the body language, the posture, the, all the things that cops are really good at, mm -hmm. the yeah. TSA is not good at. The TSA is really focused on objects as you'd mentioned you know you you get you get you get this kind of screening of uh, you're looking for gunpowder uh, uh, residue well i've gone on trips where i've gone shooting and then gone to the airport with the bag that i had at the range now there's almost certainly gunpowder residue on that bag right you know but that doesn't indicate nefarious um, um uh, intentions that indicates someone who likes to go to the range every so often. So you have to take into account, and I, I call it the Israeli model because I think that they really were the ones who developed it, to take you know, the use of um, surveillance cameras and people on the ground in, in, in radio coordination with the people who can see more mm -hmm. from above. Mm -hmm. And you know, having that, that refocus RTSA on people and not, not 
objects. Yeah, and I seem to think that in, in France and in the UK that biometrics are being used. So there are an array of uh, ceiling mounted cameras while you're waiting in the queue to go through security. I did make some notes that um, seemed like security managers were coming over to security individuals and pointing people out in the crowd, uh, referring to an iPad or, or a tablet to indicate whatever behaviors um, that would warrant them being set aside, and they were. So for me, it was just a great combination of coordination, efficiency, and good nature that I'd love to see here in America. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the, the, the congressional funding. I just hope it's put to good use. Uh, altogether, too often we see you know, money being thrown at a problem arbitrarily and without any kind of real intention or purpose. And I think that with this opportunity, if, if training becomes the number one priority at the TSA and um, and looking again at people and not, not, not objects, I think we can make great, great improvements. Yeah, and I think the TSA uh, line of defense is the low-hanging fruit. I think our, our real threats come from people who have access to planes uh, around the, the tarmac. So delivery people, mm -hmm. food service people, uh, maintenance people, baggage handlers and things like that. I sure hope we're doing screening there. And I've got to say this too, on my travels, I, I don't know that we would put up with the level of security that here in America that we're seeing in Europe, where camouflage soldiers, not police officers, but soldiers are walking three abreast with fully automatic weapons um, held in their hands and strapped on their arms. So uh, here in America, people get upset when a law enforcement officer approaches with their hand on the butt of their gun during a car stop. Mm -hmm. I can imagine how they would feel seeing camouflage people with, with uh, you know, armed with rifles and, and large equipment. Well, I, for one, am all for it. But uh, <laughs> I think I might be, a, I might be the, anom the anomaly and not the baseline. Um, a great topic of conversation. We'll certainly revisit it. Uh, I hope not for the purposes of um, aftermathing some horrible attack, um, but you know, it's it's it merits our attention. It's travel season. Um, you're going to be out there um, as law enforcement officers working patrol at the airport, like you did as a rookie, or just traveling like you did um, uh, as a, a retired um, officer. You know, keep your eyes peeled uh, because it's uh, it's a real threat.